Hello, my beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Wilma, the Wonder Hands podcast. I am Mel, the creator, and today's episode is part of our summer series, and today is about foul pox. Yes, avian pox. I know we should refer to it as chicken pox, but it's not the same thing as the human chicken pox, which really doesn't make sense, but... And let's get over our disclaimers. I want you to probably hear Miss Pumpkin in the background. She is currently sitting on a dozen quail eggs and she is quite mean and honoring. You may also hear Paul, which was formerly known as Polly Pocket, my quail that is uh, a lone quail that is our pet that is inside the house. Paul, or Polly, has started crowing. So we know for a fact that it is in fact a rooster. I am also not a veterinarian, nor do I play one on this podcast. So whatever information I share with you is going to be through the scientific uh, area of the interwebs, which is like MerckVet.com, Poultry DMV. I will also be referencing some of Gail Damero's book, The Chicken uh, Health Handbook, and my own firsthand experience because the heifer farm has had in the past foul pox the dry kind hey y'all i'm mel and you are listening to wilma the wonder hen are you a chicken mouth loving mama or daddy together we'll dive into the latest poultry keeping adventures chat about everyday life with a generous mix of some hilarious stories bringing you fascinating interviews with poultry owners from all over. You'll find tips and basic advice from your local veterinarian, along with new chicken-keeping gadgets and reviews. I'm going to see what Mr. Jangles and Wilma has to say about that. We're going to encourage and help you build a stronger, healthier flock. Let's go see what Mr. Jangles and Wilma is up to. Let's go let these heifers out. So yes, foul pox comes in a dry or a wet It can go from wet to dry or dry to wet. The most common is going to be your dry, but we're going to go over both of those. Also, uh, note this is part of our summer series because during the warm months, this is when all the flies and the mosquitoes, uh, they seem to be the most problem. So this is what we can do to try and minimize our flocks risk. There's also a vaccine. Uh, I would highly recommend that you ask your veterinarian about that. And from what I've read online, that once your flock does have it, they can build up an immunity to it. How long that immunity lasts, I don't know. I really couldn't find a whole lot of information on that. Some say a lifetime, some say six months, some say, you know, various times. My flock had it three years ago and we have not had it since. First, we're going to kind of go over foul pox or otherwise you may hear it known as avian pox. That is the dry pox. The wet pox is going to be, we're going to do last because it's definitely a different scenario and it is also much more serious than the dry pox. With the dry pox, um, it takes four to 10 days for like an incubation period and it could take up to 10 weeks to run through your whole entire flock. Dry pox is a virus, just like wet pox, but a dry pox is definitely more common, and it is not as frightening as wet pox. Wet pox uh, can be deadly. So with dry pox, you may notice um, small white pimple-like button uh, bumps uh, on their comb. 
Mainly you're gonna see this in non-feathered places. So like on their eyelids, uh, their head and neck, certain areas, their waddles, maybe their feet, their legs. And they look like little blisters and they may be sw- you may see some swelling and your flock may generally just not feel good overall. Now these um, lesions can appear to look like pecking uh, injuries. Uh, the difference that I visually seen in my flock is it has like a thickening and it has almost a yellow or white kind of ashy looking tint to it. I noticed one day Mr. Jangles, he had some peck marks on his comb, what I thought were peck marks. And then later on that day, I noticed after I'd been taking pictures of them, I noticed several of the other girls had the same marks. And I thought, well, they must be some really big fighting going on because, you know, they can uh, leave marks on their combs and, you know, they get wild and start fighting over stuff. But I noticed uh, several other girls and uh, that's when I knew something else was going on. And you could see them towards the bottom of their wattles and uh, around their ear, you know, where there's no feathers there. So I knew this had to be fowlpox. Now, with the dry pox, it can take up to two weeks for an individual bird to, um, for the blisters to kind of sloth off. They'll dry up and they'll sloth off. And it can take 10 weeks uh, to go through the whole entire flock, which it did take a couple of months here for everyone's um, little blisters to heal up and fall off. Now, you'll also notice that egg production can uh, be reduced Uh, It's a virus, so if you have a virus, you know your body naturally is just trying to fight it off, and you don't feel good. So in laying hens, that's the thing, the first thing that's going to kind of uh, slack off. Now with dry pox, the most important part is you want to keep those uh, lesions uh, clean, and you want to keep them um, treated. You can use diluted betadine, you can use saline solution. Um, You can spray a little bit of the vet spray on a cotton swab and, you know, uh, put that on their uh, lesions wherever they may be. You just want to be careful if it's close to their eyes. You know, obviously you don't want to be putting betadine in your bird's eye. Now, if you have access to a veterinarian, I definitely call them. And this is when they can discuss with you about giving a vaccine. I do not know anything about buying a vaccine. There are lots of, there is lots of information online about obtaining that vaccine, but the vaccine has to be done in a very particular way. So like I said, there is a vaccine, but I personally would speak to a professional on it, maybe a professional breeder, maybe, you know, someone who has a lot of experience with these vaccines. And with dry pox, you don't want it to turn into wet pox. So this is where you want to be extra clean. You want to make sure that all the waterers are cleaned. I would clean my waterers daily with a solution of vinegar and water. I would keep their area clean. You know, you these are things that we would do anyways, but it's going to spread through your flock one way or another. If they're living in close contact with each other, it's spread through dander, it's spread through drinking through their water, it's spread through their feathers. So if you have one that is looking particularly sick, and this is where dry pox can turn into wet pox, I would definitely separate this one. Wet pox is when it starts to become a respiratory issue. Thankfully, all of mine just went through the regular dry pox. Uh, nobody uh, appeared to have any type of respiratory illness, so we are very grateful for that. I did keep their lesions very, very clean. 
Now, this virus uh, can um, survive for months through dander and feathers. So after the dry pox ran its course here, I completely cleaned out everything. I cleaned out all their bedding. Like I said, we kept the waters extra, extra clean. I made sure everything was cleaned uh, so that to help, you know, reduce the chances of it staying longer here. Uh, so yeah, keeping up with all of that was super important. Moving on to wet pox. That's what we're going to take the majority of the time on this podcast because it is the one, it is the variety of pox that is definitely more um, deadly. It's something that you want to pay really close attention to. That's why it's important to keep those lesions clean. You know, pay very, very close attention to see if any type of respiratory issue starts to develop along with the lesions. Moving on to wet pox, which is also known as foul diphtheria. It is an upper, upper respiratory um, virus. And the incubation time is the same, four to 10 days. It could take two weeks to 10 weeks to run through your entire flock. You'll notice with wet pox, they still will have those lesions. They will have nasal discharge. Uh, there will be a dis, uh, a decrease in egg production, which is, just means your hens are just not feeling good. Uh, that you could notice weight loss, uh, definitely lethargy. Uh, the raised yellow uh, lesions are not just on the outside. They will move to the throat, the mouth, the tongue. It can block the sinuses. It can block airway. Now, this can also look like some other respiratory uh, issues. Also, the um, cheesy-like material inside of their mouth, this can resemble canker. Now, the dry pox can turn into a secondary infection like wet pox. Uh, this can, their lesions can turn into a bacterial infection, and this is where antibiotics would be used. If you see a member of your flock that is suffering from the wet pox, I would definitely isolate this bird. Now with dry pox, you can just let it run through your flock unless you have one that is really, you know, struggling with it. But wet pox is definitely something I would separate my bird from the flock, even though the rest of them may have already been exposed. You don't want this bird to be picked on. So I would definitely uh, separate that bird and keep the lesions as clean, and I would contact your veterinarian about some type of antibiotic if you are suspecting a bacterial infection. You can go back and listen to our last week's podcast, which is part of our summer series on how to control flies and things like that in your uh, coop and run area. Obviously, it's going to be hard to control, you know, big bodies of water, uh, but we can minimize in our yard and on our properties and near our runs and stuff you know if you have any buckets of water just kind of laying around you know keeping those empty keeping the fly traps up however way that you you know manage your flies we did have some great ideas on last week's podcast so just being aware of these things you know to cut down like with us we have a creek that runs through the back of our property you know I can't get rid of the creek so I just have to try and minimize what I can control minimizing their exposure to you know tons and tons of mosquitoes you can't get rid of all of them but we can do these things to kind of prevent them but in the end you know we can't do everything we can't put them in a bubble 
and protect them from every single thing. Although we would love to, uh, they still have to be chickens and still have to do their thing. But I think the more we know, the more educated we are, then the more compassion we can share for them. So the more we know, the more that we can take action and try and prevent these things. But don't feel bad if you can't prevent it because I felt bad too when I finally figured out that my flock had fall pox. And I mean, it. we try so hard to do all the right things and then things do still happen. So we just learn from them and we move on. I really hope y'all are enjoying these little mini series. They are not very long and I don't go into tons and tons of scientific uh information which I could share but I don't think that's valuable to everyone I think we just need it in little bite sizes that we can apply that uh, to our own flocks if you have experienced dry pox or wet pox I would love to know you can send us an email you can give us send us a dm on instagram at womanwithawonderhen.com we are also on pinterest we are on uh, tiktok and we also have a blog which is blog.womanwithawonderhen.com And we're going to be posting all these articles in long form. So instead of listening, just listening on our podcast, you can also go read them and we will be sharing pictures and lots of other details. We would appreciate it if you would uh, leave us a review or share this with a friend. It does help us immensely and it means a whole lot to us. And until next time, y'all. Bye, y'all. I'm Mel, and you are listening to Wilma the Wonder Hen.